Even cast in a hit TV show in L.A. created by my very own high school sweetheart. And who says God isn't in the details? The details got even worse. Those four suddenly successful friends got married that summer, just as my almost fiancé and I broke up. For three years, Jack told me I was the one. A week after our breakup, Jack decided I had just been his first big relationship. You know, trainer girlfriend. So on that oppressive July day, I flew my broken heart back to New York to attend those four weddings and vacate my apartment for good. When Jack and I broke up, he got custody of New York. And that's when a friend from church called. Let's call her Martha. She figured she'd come be Jesus to me, coax me out of my apartment, now a tomb of memories of Jack, and get me out for a stroll in Central Park, where the sun was shining and life was still being lived. As Martha and I meandered those miles of summer greens and happy visitors, I actually began to feel better. I had a life before Jack tore my heart out. I could have a life again. In fact, I guess the Lord must be in New York City. After all, Children were still playing, dogs were still peeing, and lovers were still wooing, just like that couple I saw French kissing at the pretzel cart. Someday that could be me. Wait, that used to be me. The guy making out at the pretzel cart was Jack. My Jack. They say when you die, you float out of your body. I wanted to float. I wanted to rip my skin off just to escape, but I was stuck in my body, watching Jack stick his tongue down some woman's throat as the adrenaline ripped my heart open like a dirty bomb. Praise God, Martha whispered. The Lord is showing you that Jack's moved on. In a park six miles around, in a city of more than eight million people, a city I didn't even live in anymore? How did God do it? And why? An hour later at that cafe, I managed to speak without sobbing. No, Martha, God isn't showing me Jack moved on. God's showing me he's moved on. I feel like God has abandoned me. And you don't have anything to do with it? Martha retorted. Be careful to whom you bear your grief, especially if it's someone churchy like Martha, because the Marthas of the world can't leave a question unanswered, a problem unsolved, or a sorrow unhealed. They have to fix it. And no matter how long you've been a Christian, and I'd been one all my life, Martha will know a Bible verse you haven't heard, or you haven't heard the right way, or she'll have a book or a sermon tape or a worship CD designed to answer your questions, silence your doubts, muzzle your grief, and make Martha feel better. But then when your pain doesn't go away, when it actually feels like your intestines are being ripped out and God has abandoned you, or worse, he's there, but he doesn't care, when you realize that God himself has orchestrated your collapse, then Martha will wish she hadn't come to be Jesus to you because now she's stuck in some crappy midtown cafe listening to your horrifying thoughts about God, the kind of thoughts she successfully dodges in the midst of her everyday life. But you're not in everyday life. You're in hell. I know God is good, Martha. He's just not good to me. I should stop and identify my spiritual orientation 
But first, I must tell you, I hate it when people say, I'm spiritual but not religious. That's like saying, I'm emotional but not psycho. It turns religion into a dirty word. Religion simply means re-ligion, to reattach, to reconnect to the God you feel separated from. Yet I know we've all been burned by religiosity. I mean, even Jesus hated religiosity. So I just say, I'm Lutheran. It sounds jaunty and non-threatening. And it's true. I was raised Lutheran, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving Lutheran. But as an adult, I tried everything. Pentecostals, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, rock and roll slackers for Jesus, actors for Yahweh. Then I said, screw it, and became a drunk and a slut. Well, a Lutheran slut. I only slept with two guys.